anyone who sits in the fear of what's next or the fear of, of the unknown really isn't connected, honestly, to where they stand in life and what they're capable of. Over the course of my life and career, I've discovered the power of consciously investing in mindset and personal development. It has been a true game changer for me in my personal and professional life. And I'm extremely excited that you decided to join us today to take one step forward in your own life. Most of my breakthroughs have come from one-on-one -on -one conversations. We created this show to bring you those unfiltered conversations each and every week. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Greg Tomchik. We're in for a real treat today. Miss Kareen Walsh is joining us. We have a lot to dive into, um, but first and foremost, Kareen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Greg. So great to be here. I, I, I'm really excited to start my day with you. This is so much fun. <laughs> awesome. Now I'm looking forward to it as well. So kind of getting the conversation started, you know, Kareen, you do a lot in the community. Your energy is incredible, as I mentioned before we joined the show. I think that's a uniqueness that you bring to the world and, and a light that more people need. Um, so if you could tell the audience a little bit about the mission you're on and what you're hoping each person listening in today walks away with. Great question, Greg. Um, my mission is always to bring the best out of anybody I am interacting with. You know, I always want to leave the room adding value uh, and making sure that there's some form of a value exchange in every interaction I have. And so, you know, energy, the energy question is an interesting one because I'm not always, you know, top energy all the time, but I definitely started adding the right rituals and practices and ways of self-managing in order to lead better uh, with others. And I think that's the energy you probably see is the, I've taken care of myself first thing in the morning in order to then serve all day long. And I think that's something that, um, a lot of leaders forget to do, you know, uh, when they're, when you're sitting with overwhelm or sitting in the energy of, I don't know what to do next, that uncertainty, what I love to bring is the certainty that you can figure it out. We are all resourceful and helping people find the strategies and methods to really build that life and business that they dream of. So that's really what my, my mission is. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it creates clarity for people. People need clarity in order to take focused action. Um, I saw that as an athlete where coaches, you either had a lot of confusion or you had coaches that gave you a lot of clarity. Um, so I was right, you know, on the pinnacle of learning how important a coach was to living life for one, but then performing in work or whatever we love to do um, out in the world. Yeah. As an athlete too, I'm sure you had the, the challenges of the team dynamics and how to lead yourself because you're mastering your own skill while being part of a whole unit. And I think that is a, um, to have a coach in play, like you need the sounding board. Sometimes you need the refinement or the new tools or the ability to say, hey, um, this is I'm feeling a little bit weaker in this area. How do I strengthen it and work with someone who maybe has gone before or has that mastery in education or level of way to, to bring you up? And um, I love that you have that athletic background because I'm sure it has huge impact in how you lead your your business and also who you attract in to make sure that like everyone around you is performing well. Absolutely. Yeah. I look at it as kind of like the business athlete. Like we're all, you know, if we're in business, we're trying to optimize and whether it's our individual and internal self, but also how we bring ourselves to the world. Um, and, and those two, you know, most of the time battle. We talk a lot about that on the show where that internal dialogue versus what the world, you know, is expecting from you as a business owner conflicts. Um, so, the, you know, the first thing I want to dive into and I want to get a little bit into your process and how you help folks. But how important is it to do the hard internal work to find the alignment, you know, first mm -hmm. and foremost? 
I think if you don't know yourself well and what triggers you and what lights you up, then you are going to be triggering others and dimming their light <laughs> without that, right? Like, so it, I think it's really critical to do the work on self first, you know, um, between my two books, right? My first book, it was all about self-development, be a badass, six tools, to up-level your life. And that book um, was my journey on, on my self-management. And then what I realized is as I started to really flex those muscles and have the conditioning on self, I really wanted to lead. And so then my second book was Lead with Value, which is all the exercises in, in my practice as a, as a business strategist and coach to many now to date. I was like, I need to share with folks who have the self-care and the self-development um, kind of dialed in. They generally want to go share that with others and start to lead with others. So I think if you initiate with the work um, first on self, then you yourself are taking aligned action to then go ahead and help others and assist others in leading in an, an aligned way. So there are many different ways to step businesses into aligned action. Um, I have this exercise I do, it's my retrospective exercise, and I actually run it as part of my Hey Kareen uh, platform, which is my on-demand coaching platform because I was finding that people needed the assistance that coaching like you were on a team, right? When you're in play, you need to be able to go back into the um, group and ask your coaches, well, what else should we be doing? What play should we do next? And there's this on-demand assistance for it. And what I realized was that is not available enough, you know, these days. And so the Hey Kareen platform, I have this retrospective monthly call that's free that anyone can join. And it's just heykareen.com slash retro. And in that exercise, literally taking you through what steps you into aligned action in your business. And we go through what's your goal. And then there are three key questions I ask in order to then decide on that one action you will take for the next 30 days. And I do it in 30-day increments. That's why it's a monthly call so that we can track your traction. Are you actually achieving what you want? Are you getting the support you need? And if you're not, it's a great time to assess in this call, what do you need to change to move forward? And I think it's one of the things that I've leaned into the hardest, which is why I try to show it and share and facilitate it and help others do the same, because then you're not feeling so alone in it all, which is also what entrepreneurship can feel like. Ship <laughs> can feel like you're at the top of running something who do you look to to get that support? And I think in order to get that clarity and step into aligned action, you need the forum to be able to do that. Absolutely. With people going through similar dynamics, I think that's, you know, we, we always look out there with our different issues we're going through or obstacles, and we feel isolated as, you know, either solopreneurs or a leader of a small team, because people are looking up to you for the answers. And you know, that make that makes it a difficult decision to find the answers within yourself. Um, so I love that you're doing that retrospective exercise and you're getting right to the point of that perception problem that I think a lot of us have where we want things immediately. And, and sometimes it's hard to wait that 30 days to kind of work through the kinks, but that's where, you know, really things start to work out. Um, and oftentimes we give up before um, that, you know, that period or that, enlightenment actually comes. Yeah, it's hard sometimes too, Greg, with goal setting when uh, I've seen this time and again, like, so when I was, when I was myself, the consultant going into companies and, and implementing change, I can't even tell you the, it's probably a hundred percent of the time that certain goals were set that were so unattainable, like out of the world because they wanted to stretch everybody. And it's like, how about you stop stretching everybody and maximize and optimize what you do have on the team to achieve what's best for the business, you know? And so in that perception concept that you're talking about, it turns into false expectations and then everybody is suffering versus a reality, a check of like, where are we right now? What are we capable of right now? How can it march us towards our ultimate goal? Like, are we actually clear on the target? Because that target, if you're in business, you know that target is constantly moving. 
So if you don't have the practices in place to make sure that you're pivoting at the right time or up-leveling the skill set across your team or maybe firing some clients that aren't a fit because you were once something and now you're another, like there's so much activity happening that consistency on checking in is important, but then also changing the strategy at times and then communicating that to everybody to move forward. And I think that's what gets missed a lot. And that's why you see so many companies fail is that their ego is leading in this false expectation, but then they're sitting in this, um, I don't know what to do. Everything we're trying isn't working, but they're afraid to change what isn't working to step into what actually can get done. Wow. Yeah, it's extremely powerful. And what is it? 95% of companies fail. And that's probably right at the, the, the crux of why that failure happens. Um, I think it's definitely communication. It's that balance between what is the priority now and what's the, the mission we're going after and trying to get people to fit their, their vision, their mission within that company mission. And, and, you know, if, if, if you don't do that, then things get rocky and then, you know, they want to leave and that creates even more uncertainty than is already in business. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at it as that it's pliable. Like businesses are constantly like ebbing and flowing or, you know, doing more like this, right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to straight line, straight lines, like it's, it, that is not business. Right. And so if you don't build a flexible methodology in your, across your teams on how you manage through change, then your business won't grow yeah. because you'll stay in the stagnant flatline. That's what a line is. Generally you flatline it. Right. So thinking about how you can build it, bring in more flexible practices, but being honest with yourself on what's happening. Mm -hmm. And most businesses fail because they wait too long to do that assessment to, to pivot. Most of my clients who come to me, I'm always like, where are you right now? And then tell me where you, where are you trying to go? My evolve methodology of like what I take my entrepreneurs through, it is all about evaluating first. That's the E in the evolve, <laughs> you know, like we have to know where you're at. If I don't know, I can't help you get there. Right. But as you know, a coach's stance because you, you, you're, uh, been an athlete now you're running your business and everything. It's like, as a coach, we detach from the outcome. Our goal is to make you feel and do your best as you go after it. But clarity on that outcome is really important too. So building the team around you, that support, that's the thing that makes businesses fail also is that they're not hiring fast enough. Mm -hmm. they're, not, um, they're not shifting things up uh, early enough. And so they end up bleeding money. And I like to say that I help people save time and money <laughs> to yeah. achieve what it is they want. I'm, I definitely am a luxury item. You bring me in, you'll be investing, but you'll get a return on that investment too. Yeah. I love that. Both. I think people often overlook the time, the value of time as a resource. And they just look at money. Like it's like, all right, I'm spending all this money. I'm saving money. Um, but you know, but they're putting all this time in and they think that's a, you know, a, a balanced item. And it's not uh, at the end of the day, it needs to be allocated as a budget item because time's just as important as money at the end of the day. Oh, if not more important, yeah, really, absolutely. the money will always come, but you won't get your time back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned, and when I was playing baseball, I was a big advocate for mental health within athletics because it wasn't talked about. It was just perform, go practice, perform, go practice, mm -hmm. perform, go practice and debrief, you know, not really talking about what was going on in the individual athlete's head and how we could collectively make sure that that, you know, itch was scratched or that that conversation took place. Around here in, in my local area here in Hampton Roads, we've been big advocates because we're in cybersecurity. So we're at a technology driven business where a lot of people are, you know, in a box. Yep. So we've been big on elevating mental health around the startup founder and, and the young business founders. Um, anything you found that has helped people improve their mental health? Because it sounds like when you start your process, that's a big piece of it. A huge piece of it. So initially when I first started out and I, I, I came up in the tech space too. So, you know, being an executive in different tech companies, I love a good heady person, someone who is so cerebral and they get some amazing things created. 
but you all need an outlet. Like you all need to also decompress and release it. For me back in the day, it would always be my workouts. Like people used to ask me like, how are you not angry and upset all the time with all that you handle? Because I would take on a lot of responsibility very young in my career and because I was driven, right? And when you're driven, you're going to go achieve it. Um, but I would go to the gym and release it in the gym <laughs> so that I could show up the next day. And as you know, because you're an athlete, if you're not getting that release physically, sweating it out, like checking out of the thinking and more in the doing, like the, the doing in your body to release it. Um, that was the first sign for me of, okay, this is how self-care needs to go. I have to go inward and I have to get physical. And then as I've gone through my career, I realized, um, you know, different meditation practices and ways of communicating and how to bring people together in a peaceful way. Um, listening is probably the most unique and um, gifted talents anyone can master, I think, because that you're sitting in your own inner silence and you're processing and literally you're just like listening and breathing and taking it in, right? And I would say I'm I'm a very good listener. It's one of the skills that you have, you have to learn as you become a coach and you're advising others. Listening is really key to then find the right strategies. But the breathing part for me, I would find myself holding my breath. And I know entrepreneurs out there and leaders of industry are holding their breath way too much. Because when you when we hit fear, if you can think of like the most fearful moment or the adrenaline rush, like you tend to hold your breath, right? And as athletes, I'm sure you were trained too. It's like how to breathe while activating your body so that you don't burn out. Well, we don't do it enough as leaders. So then I became certified as a trainer on um, healing breath work. And I found that just for my own journey, what I was able to release through breath work. I mean, we are given the ability to breathe naturally, like it's an innate skill, right? Like if we don't do it, we're not alive. But what I never thought of was like, oh my God, it's an actual muscle to flex and, and it's something to master. So I started to move into the healing arts because I saw so many others also suffering. If I'm working with leaders that are so cerebral and yes, we can do strategy and we can run the math and we can get into those Excel spreadsheets, but physically they're not doing well, no matter what they're trying to charter against, if they are not aligned internally, it's not going to go very far. So breathwork is an amazing way to release it in the room, what's no longer meant for you, in order to create the space for what is. And then what, what I find is that when you're in those stressful moments, you're actually breathing easier. And you're actually able to articulate what your needs are because you took the time you know, to release it in a practice. And it's been such a gift, you know, to discover this method, but also keep expanding on it mm -hmm. because it just enhances my creativity and it enhances how I feel in my physical body. It enhances how I interact with others. Um, so I think it's really critical to find those methods and rituals of how to release and also receive. And that's what, you know, my breathwork practice does. But most of all, it helps heal. And I think we're all sitting in a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, business healing. And that's why some people call me the business healer, which I think is really sweet because I, I can be highly strategic and help you get things done, but also I will hold space and let you breathe. <laughs> you know, like it's a, we need the, the infinite loop of both, <laughs> but healing in business, especially what happened during the pandemic years, everyone is sitting with a bit of trauma. And I don't think we're talking about it enough or approaching it enough from a business standpoint. So but to, be able, to be able to create the space for that, I think is really critical. If you want your foundation to continue to be strong as you build and scale your business, you have to focus on your people and making sure that they are feeling healthy and releasing any trauma they might've experienced you know, in the past few years. Um, it's ever changing. And we have to be more uh, flexible, I think, in how we approach uh, what true performance looks like in a business, but also that care is required these days. Mm -hmm. You know, so I try to integrate both in my practice. I love that. I, I never really thought about breathing as a muscle that needs yeah. to be trained. Oh. Um, 
because even I see it like with the clients that I work with across the, you know, the boardroom or across the table, they have this internal whiteboard that when I'm telling them something, they're trying to figure out what they're going to say next. Mm -hmm. and, and you can kind of see it, you know, in their face that they're not really breathing. They're just like waiting to yeah. say something. It's like and, you hold it up, right? You're upright, yeah. they're stiff. Mm -hmm. Also the adrenaline rush will do it too. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. and so when you practice different breath works and flex that muscle, from your literally like your the base of your body all the way up to the top of your head all of a sudden in these meetings you're kind of like i'm just going to share some information with you right now and also being in cybersecurity, already just hearing cybersecurity will make people hold their breath because that means you're being attacked or you're preparing to be attacked there's this like energy of of fear driven work that has to happen for protection which is so important but actually, can you actually build the right secure space? Because that's what you're doing. You're just securing the space mm -hmm. in order for when and if it happens, you're ready. And I think that is, um, again, the way we, we kind of play with language, but creating the space for others to be like, yes, of course, the what ifs could happen. But we're trying to ground you and make you feel stable in order to be ready for when it does come, you breathe through it. Like, we're good. We got you down. We got you covered. Like all the things are in place. Right. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to call you, call you before every meeting. I know. I love it. I would totally yeah. do that with you. No That's problem, awesome. Greg, whatever you need. <laughs> so how do you, how do you get people to take that seriously? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, that's, that's you know that's buddhist or that's that's too yeah, much yoga too for business boo -boo. it's yeah, too exactly. boo -boo. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um you don't know until you try so i, I guarantee if you're judging it you need it yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like it's if that you're just sitting in fear that's your story you want to sit in fear great but until you actually try it on and then tell me i tried it didn't work for me or this is how i felt or this is you know that's really on your own and limitations, you know? Um, so anyone who sits in, I love it. I love that we're getting some comments here on breathwork. Anyone who sits in the fear of what's next or the fear of, of the unknown really isn't connected, honestly, to where they stand in life and what they're capable of. And so I would say, just try it with anything, and it's not just breath work, but with anything you're sitting in fear on, it just means there's a false judgment in your mind unless you've tried it and something horrible happened, which won't happen with breath work. It's just, it's just different methods of breathing <laughs> to open you up, right? Um, that's how I would, I would talk to them, basically. Yeah. I was like, well, what are you really judging here? Your, your response to it? Like, are you sitting in the future of like, all the what ifs that could happen or did something actually happen in the past when you did try it and it something happened right it didn't work for you well was it this method maybe there's another method to try i feel like we need to become more open um and less fearful because fear mongering is happening all over the place mm -hmm. right but that's not a way to live mm -hmm. you know, so i think it's uh, important to just try yeah that's that's a huge part of the business i'm in is 99% of the business is fear-mongering people yeah. into taking action. And that was one of the things when I went out and started my company, I wanted to try to get that off the table and mm -hmm. really help people focus on, like you said, securing the space, feel, but, feel but secure. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Feeling more certain, not, not more uncertain. So you take action on that. And um, proactive versus reactive, right? Like you want them to be ready mm -hmm. to be able to handle it with ease. We all need more ease in our life, but if we don't do the and put in the practices or the ways to really um, be prepared, and the only way you can be prepared is by trying and knowing what works and bringing in the services like yours that are, here are the experts that already know, leverage it, you know, leverage the learning so that you don't have to waste time and money trying to figure it out on your own learning curve. So it, it is, it's very integrative is what what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's gotta be, it's not, it doesn't happen in a silo. Um, and I think that's, that's something we all need a little bit more of. Um, I think a lot of people listening in are going to want to implement breath work into their business. Yeah. 
to some extent, where would you recommend that they start? You know, just next meeting, you know, go through this type of practice. Where would be that ideal starting point? Yeah, you know, um, for some, it can be very private first, like in the, so I, I host breathwork sessions. So if anyone wants to join my, one of mine, they're virtual. I do some workshops. I will be doing it more in person too. But there's so many different ways um, to learn different breathwork techniques. So Breathe with Kareen is my, my, my way of trying to give back. And every, anybody who joins, all proceeds for any of the breathwork I do in these workshops goes to one of my favorite charities. Um, I don't, you know, it's, it's more of my way of giving back and paying it forward because I know the gift it's been for me. Um, so that's one way. Feel free to join one of my, my sessions. But there are also like, there's the Wim Hof method. There's um, just if people who are into yoga and meditation. Generally, breath work is a big part of that too, where you have breathing and movement. Um, so there, there are many different ways to explore it. I think the mindful apps too now have breathing. Um, uh, instead of just meditation, it's breath work. Like it's becoming more and more available, which is really cool. You know, so sometimes it's just before a meeting, like so in, in practical sense, just pause everybody and say, everyone, just take a deep breath right now. Let's center ourselves in this moment. We want to be actionable in this meeting. Stop having meetings. Here's a tip for everyone to stop having meetings for status updates. That is a waste of time and money. You can email that out. You could chat that out. Come together for actionable items or learning together. So that's my coaching tip for you right now. You see the difference between me and breathwork and strategy? <laughs> like, I just want to make sure everyone gets that. But you can also pause your, your group and say, okay, I know everyone's on their phones coming in from the next meeting. Like you are just been virtual all the time. Like, let's just all take a couple seconds here. Deep breath in, hold it for four seconds. Exhale it out for four seconds. Hold that for four seconds. It's called box breathing. Yeah. Inhale again for four seconds and you do that in just a little bit of a cycle and then, okay, now let's get to the agenda and see how that might increase performance across your team because you brought everybody to be present with you. Mm -hmm. It's rare that in the middle of the day you're asked to close your eyes and breathe, but I'll tell you that your team will go further faster <laughs> if you start doing that for sure. Yeah, And well also have actionable meetings. <laughs> Yeah, right. A lot, I think a lot of it is oxygenation in the body. Like if we are constantly holding our breath, mm -hmm. we're going to burn out, you know, mid middle of the day after lunch. And that's why everybody talks about, you know, you get the sugar rush and then you're, and then you crash and yeah, because we're holding you try our breath. breathing and said, yeah, when that crash comes, take a moment and, and, you know, allow more oxygen in stretch out too. Right. Like, so expand the, that chest bone and we sit like this at our desk, we're curved forward. So we're constricting our lungs all the time too. That's the other thing from a body standpoint is to really mm -hmm. expand it out and fill up your lungs as much as possible. Challenge yourself to like hold your breath as long as you can. Sitting, don't be doing the standing because we don't <laughs> want you like falling down. Or anything. But if you're sitting down just to hold it and then see how long you can hold for it, and then just do a, the longest exhale you can do. And that would also start to energize your body. It's amazing what, what it does, mm -hmm. you know, when you start to focus on your breathing, especially for me, I was holding my breath. I can't even tell you, Greg, for like how long in so many different circumstances holding my breath. And it, it wasn't until I actually developed a practice around this that I can now see it. I'm like, why am I holding my breath? What am I worried about? What am I concerned with? Cause when you hold it in, it's, there's your, it's a protection mode. Like you're in protection. Something's about to happen. It's fear-based generally of some sort. And so to be able to just breathe through it um, has relieved so much for me. So I hope that gifts anybody watching and listening that just breathe a little more, you know, see how that changes things for you. I love it. Yeah, that's hugely impactful. You know, I think we learn things either from coaches or mentors like conversations like this or mm. or from pain that we've gone through. You know, yeah. what what are some of the you know, I know breathing was a big one. Um, you know, what are some of the other things that you've learned either from mentors that you've had along the way that have really changed who Karina mm. is today? 
Yeah. And then a few things you've learned, you've had to learn through pain. Maybe people have told you them in the past, but you know, you had to go through your own experience in order for it to click. <laughs> yeah. The, the version, Kareen version, um, what's today? Nine, eight, 2023 is totally different <laughs> than Kareen than version, like September 1st. 1993. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we have so many tools and I'm so fortunate that I have always been in a continuous development mindset. And so I will be the sponge and learn from as many people who have gone before me. And, and it started fairly young. I think being raised by Oprah, I like to say, you know, with all her, you know, talks and the exposure she gave us for my younger years and um, through my 20s. I think that um, it's it's just a gift to keep on learning, you know, and figuring out if something isn't working, you can do something about it, especially in this day and age, like things come at you so fast, that what I would say, the biggest lesson for me was was mastering how to let go of what no longer works. So one of the things I do in my practice as a coach is talk about exit strategies and not, it's not enough. Like people don't talk about it enough. I think where it's like, what if you were to design everything you're doing based on how you want to exit it? And our biggest exit in this world is death, right? Like not to get dark by any means, but it's a reality. It's the one you can't change it. You can't change the fact you were born and you can't change the fact that you're going to die, but there's, that's an exit. How do you want to leave this planet? When it comes to your business, how do you want to exit? And I found that with all my exposure to all, you know, I've trained with Tony Robbins and um, Gabrielle Bernstein and Brene Brown. And like, I've, I've, I put myself in these rooms, you know, the Billyus, Tom and Lisa Billyu. I mean, it's just something about really focusing on how do I want to leave it will help me lead it better. And um, that is something that I think is a new framework um, to think about. Uh, and so I've learned several things, but really letting things go that no longer serve me or that aren't a fit for this version of who I am, the bugs in my system, right? Mm -hmm. I think that was something that, um, you know, is, is consistently focused on for me. This is the only way I can move forward without carrying all the weight on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that really resonates with me because I'm a person who likes to fix things. Uh -huh. and, and I found for so many years, I wasn't focused on enhancing the things that were working. I was trying to fix the things that weren't working. And, you know, that it burns you out over time. But mm -hmm. once you realize that, you're like, what the heck have I been doing this whole time? I've been you know, somewhat wasting my time. And I feel like you're the type of person you're very driven. You probably have gone through that as well, where, you know, you wanted to fix the things that weren't working because that was your modus operandi. And, yeah. Uh, Solution driven is such a gift. Mm -hmm. um, being an overachiever is also very gifting because everyone around you benefits too when you're achieving. You, you tend to have to take people with you as you achieve bigger things, right? Uh, but it's sitting in the energy of people pleasing like, which is the, the solution oriented person meeting the, I'll do whatever it takes and not marrying it into well-being. That's what creates destructive moments, you know, for yourself and whoever you're trying to have an energy exchange with. Mm -hmm. And so I hear you on that because there have definitely been times where I was like trying way too hard to fix something that was not a fit and it's time to let it go. It's not a fit. Yeah. It's okay that things don't fit anymore. We have to get okay with that. And especially as overachievers where you're like the winning game, the formula, the achieve that goal. Like I was, I was, I was like goal obsessed for so many years. And yes, did it bring me success? Of course, from an external view in highly successful, what was going on internal for me in order to achieve that? Not healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think we have to be more integrative as we look at it all in order to find that inner balance, um, but also to attract and create the life around us that is true to who we are today. You know, that's, yeah. that's the fun part of life. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's the stuff I enjoy. 
One of, one of the concepts I've gotten rid of recently is the all or nothing mentality because coming from athletics, it was all or nothing. Yeah. And what I realized is that was giving me an out when I wasn't, you know, you know, doing something all in and it was really working out. And if it wasn't working, then it was, you know, something that is now nothing. And that was just giving me an out of, you know, whether it was health or whether it was something in my business. When it, when I wasn't when I was not all in, it was kind of giving me a way to say, oh, that you know that's not working. So it was something I was struggling with. Of course, um, I could totally see how that would be so heavy too, Greg, because then you have the never it's never enough story playing in the background, and the never enough story is one of the inner like torturous conversations we can have, you know, because it's like no, it actually this is what it is. What do you want it to be? And what are you willing to do? So I, I just did this post the other day. It's like the highest value to look into and lean into is your willingness. That willingness to try, that willingness to let go, the willingness to, to make sure that if, it, if it's not absolutely like aligned with your inner self today, that you will do something about it, right? But that never enough story, man, that is like a, a creeper inner virus. Like that will take you down. Mm -hmm. you know yeah. because it and and so my I'll, i bring that up only because my sister teases me my older sister is she's an amazing architect and designer she's just amazing build development anything she do but she's like a perfectionist and i saw this as a as a young child seeing her go after like the the perfection and the stress that it would create if it wasn't that thing and i remember really young being like that's not me <laughs> I am not, I'm just enough, like, <laughs> you know, that kind of energy. Like I, I would go and excel in the areas that meant something to me, not the perception of others, like grading me a plus I had to get all the, no, that wasn't my box that I wanted to live in. And so she calls me, my family calls me Keeney, like that's my nickname. And so she calls me just enough Keeney <laughs> because, <laughs> because I mastered yeah. that letting go yeah. of someone else's story for me and stepping into what was best for me, you know? Um, and that's the piece where I hope from your journey for yourself that you are sitting in the, this is what it is right now. Do I want it to be different mm -hmm. versus it lining up to a story that is a false narrative for you? You yeah. know, those, those identities that we all adopt and have to shed and, you know, adopt new ones and yeah, one of the evolution. yeah exactly one of the things i think we all battle especially early on in our careers is the this concept of like labeling ourselves we're like a director mm -hmm. of this or we're a manager of this and one, one of the things i found you know probably three four years ago was letting those labels go and and being who i'm delivering value you know to that person what what are the problems they're going through yeah. And that that's the 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 value I'm delivering. It's not a label I'm delivering to them to say I'm a you know director who's gonna you know send you in this direction, I guess you could say. So yeah. I think it's also interesting how a label can keep you boxed in, right? Like that to me is uh doesn't fit for all people you interact with, right? So I love that you you talk about the values you offer and like what you are coming to the table with, uh, because that's way more important. And people always will remember how you make them feel versus what you're called, you know? And if you're in an egoic room, because generally the egoic rooms of like, well, who are you and what is it? Because I came up in tech, so it was very male dominated and I had to like, and I was had a very masculine stance, honestly, to like, mirror what I was seeing in order to be received in that space. But in my truth, in my inner self, I was, I was this um, kind of what some people who got to know me better, more of like this mother hen, of like caring for everyone, because I can't turn that off. I really, truly do care. And most people feel very grounded around me. Um, that I what took me a long time to let that show up in my leadership stance you know, and, and integrate the two. Yes, I can be very much about the title. Sure, I can call myself a CEO. And yes, I've been running my seven figure business for 10 years. And yes, I, you know, like, of course, I can check all the boxes for the box that you're in. 
But truly what I want you to have is that energy exchange with me and feel that you were valued in our time together. And that's really what's most important. So I love that you realize that for yourself too. It's about how we make people feel, not mm -hmm. about some label you give us. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a unique aspect that you bring to, to business overall. I think we think about this business world as something so big and complex and there's so many intricacies, but keeping it simple and then realizing that people are doing business with people. And at the end of the day, it's you know, if you make them feel good, then it's probably going to be a good result. So keeping yeah. things simple from that aspect, I think is just so important nowadays. Yeah, it's to get true, true with yourself, really, yeah. and what you're capable of and find the ways to stretch that out every now and again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I know, let's um, let's dive a little bit into some of the frameworks that, you know, I think frameworks and systems mm. are so important for people to like start taking action in their own business and their own life. Um, I know you have your four step process and you also have your evolved framework. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to just talk a little bit to those and kind of what those mean to you and how they've evolved. Yeah. Over the years. Sure. So, um, well, the four step framework is the retrospective exercise to step into aligned action. And so, you know, again, if anyone wants to join me live on that, I do a monthly call. You just have to, once you register for it, you get access to all the monthly calls and it, that's the, um, heykareen.com slash retro. But in that framework, I found that that is what helped me achieve in a more aligned way. And what that means is I'm constantly questioning and checking in with myself is, am I doing the right actions to help me step towards what I want? And when it doesn't work, am I letting it go? Because that's what you go through in that exercise, which has been a game changer for me. And it started when I was an agile coach in software development and would help people get the bugs out of the system and we're, we're developing high quality code, right? So um, I just now apply it to all business frameworks and strategy and building and my own life in order to step in, into aligned action that way. My Evolve methodology came from me working with individual entrepreneurs, building and scaling their businesses to exit and uh, against the exit strategy that they want truly. And so with the Evolve program, it's, I, have, I offer this two-day immersive experience with entrepreneurs where Evolve is a six-part program and each letter is an acronym for the exercise or the focus that we have. And by the end of the two days together, the, my entrepreneurs literally are walking away with like serious clarity, a, a, a strategy on how they're going to run and build their business, their goal for the, or targets for like the next year, and then how we work together, you know, going forward to help them achieve that. And it's all the proven methods that I've done in the, you know, past 10 years are in that framework. You know, it, it helps you as a leader know exactly the role you're meant to play in order to lead your business. And most of the times there's misalignment in the role you're playing because you think you have to play that role versus getting the expert to play that role. Uh, I'd say that's the biggest aha that comes out of that methodology and also how best they can lead their business going forward. Yeah, your, your conscious competence is so admirable because you've been able to document you know, the lessons you've learned, I think not enough people document things that they learn throughout time. And obviously you have that muscle because you built it through writing books, uh, all the eBooks that you have, the frameworks, the systems, that's what people need to step into to, to realize continual growth. Um, it's not a, you know, one, one course or one eBook and then the process is over and you figured it all out. Um, so I think that framework is a, is, is critical. How do you facilitate that typically um, from the Evolve side? Um, so the Evolve, uh, I, I have two different ways I'm, I'm kicking that off. If, if a client or a company wants to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, then it kicks off with a two-day immersive workshop where we literally go under the hood of your business, who's leading it, how you need to lead it, where you're trying to go after, map the goals, build the strategy, you know, so it's, it's a, it's two-day intensive. And then um, we have follow-up calls, three follow-up calls after that in that 30-day um, container. And then if you want to retain me for ongoing advisory coaching, we could do that. The second way I'm launching it for a group is I, I have a mastermind that I've 
created and it's it's called my level up mastermind and that is kicking off next february and i would love to get some really killer entrepreneurs in that room i just designed it i just um, i only secretly just launched it actually with my list but trying to fill it up with those who are ready in my network but there will be spots available so if anyone's interested just dm me and we can i'll send you the application because everyone has to be qualified to go into that that's a six month mastermind so that you're also interacting with other amazing entrepreneurs who are trying to consciously build their business. And in the, um, we kick it off virtually. You do get one-on-one -on -one time with me in that program. And then we'll have a three-day uh, retreat here in my area um, so that you can all come together and I facilitate and we go deeper in your business and you get the support you need. My goal for that is that we kick it off February we end it by end of July so that you really are in go mode for the, the year and building the tools and the methods to really grow and scale your business so that you don't need me anymore. Like I don't believe you should be attached to a coach advisor uh, for too long because if they're not giving you the tools and the skills to excel in what you need to do, then you might not be getting what you need from them. So that's that six month container. Yeah, I love that. And and the the fact that you're bringing together community as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of coaches, it's, it's you know, only the one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not, not that it's the carrot and, you know, you continue along the process, but they're taking you along a journey. Yeah. Um, so when you can have those kind of, I'm going to step aside, go in the community, and then I'm going to come back to the coach and really, you know, put some of this stuff um, you know, down on paper and, and yeah. really start doing the planning. I think that's so important. You learn a lot from the other people who are doing the same, you know, it's like, Oh, who tried this? Have you done that? And you learn from them. And then who have you worked with or gotten this service and you're sharing that, you know, like it, it goes, you go a lot further faster when you have that type of community. And then a facilitator, someone who's keeping an eye on your direct needs so that you make, I always make sure whoever invests in me and my services and my, and my company, they receive what they invest at least tenfold because I'm focused on your money just as much as you are. Like if you're investing in this, I want you to have a return, but imagine how that expands when you get a group of people who are hyper-focused on, you know, building and scaling and having the impact they want. And then that energy that, that builds from there, like, ugh. It's one of my favorite things is, is being in that group setting, but being also the facilitator to make sure you're getting what you need out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's something more small business owners and medium sized company owners really need. Um, I think a lot of the larger companies sometimes have more resources at their disposal, potentially, um, but they miss things that the small businesses are doing that could exactly. work for them as well. So. I have some re really large clients, um, trillion dollar clients too. And it's the same type of work you end up doing. Uh, it's just a matter of what they can throw at it. You know, like mm -hmm. the, with the larger um, clients, it's a matter of realigning their budget to go towards the appropriate, you know, services and resources versus just have people on a line item and then having to do these massive layoffs because they mismanage their talent and they mismanage their finances. Mm -hmm. And if they would just be more conscious, you know, and bring in more conscious leadership as a whole to be more strategic together and include their teams, those businesses can also be more impactful to their people, but the, the clients that they're serving, you know, yeah, I'm a huge fan of how you look at the value chain. I think that that's it's a very sound way of thinking. And, um, you know, it de definitely resonates with me as I go out into the world and, and build something. So I just want to. Yeah. You're doing it, though. <laughs> Keep doing I wanna, it. <laughs> I want to acknowledge you just for the light that you bring to the world, that you are focused on healing people to allow them to go out into the world and do great things. I think that's so important, you know, as opposed to the other way around. Um, so before we dive into the final question here, um, how can folks get in contact with you? We've, we put a couple links in the chat, um, but what's the best way to reach out to you, Corrine? Well, so I'm most active if you want to like understand what's going on in my life and how I lead business and give business tips. I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, so that's at 
Karine Z Walsh is the handle there. Uh, definitely here, connect with me. This I know this is live on LinkedIn and YouTube. Like you can definitely message me directly um, on any of those platforms. But if you go to kareenwalsh.com, it's all things me. And if you want any of my um, tools, tips, I generally put that on uh, kareenwalsh.com slash links. And that's where you can get access to some of my free programming, my workbooks, any, any, I'm always trying to make sure you get what you need to live the life and build the business you want. So just reach out. Like I'm, I'm accessible. <laughs> I, I can definitely feel that. And I, I appreciate you bringing that accessibility to the world because you, you don't have unlimited time either. And no, you're very no. conscious about how you spend it. And I think that's something for everybody to learn from um, going forward. Yeah, Kareen, it's, it's been a great conversation. The The question we like to ask every guest on the show, and because this show is is around connecting to people, connecting to strategies, connecting to mindsets to elevate each of us as we go out into the world, what does being connected mean to you in your day to day? Well, I think the the connection to focus on mastery on first is the connection to self. And really, the more you know yourself, the easier it is to connect with others and create an energy exchange uh, and find how your what your inner values are, how they resonate out into the world. So I would say connections are really the only way I have come to where I am uh, without the love and support and even the challenges that I receive from those I connect with. I would not be who I am today. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, being connected is, it's life-giving, you know? And, and so it's really uh, something I do highly focus on, uh, but I want to connect now. My, my inner mission is from the most authentic, truthful stance that I can. So you're getting all of me, the good, bad, the ugly, <laughs> but that's who I am, you know? Yeah. So that's what connection means to me. I love that. This is going to be extremely impactful for a lot of people. Kareen, looking forward to continuing the conversation. And thank you so much for your time and your insights uh, joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me.